everyone. Welcome to The Breakdown. So glad that you are here. I'm Kurt. I've got my bride with me tonight. Hi. <laughs> so I got Jennifer here, and I'm so glad that you are joining us, or joining me, rather. I was saying to Luke yesterday, uh, I really feel like Jennifer is supposed to be on the show tonight. And uh, we're also talking about, it's been a while since Luke and I have really sat down and, and kind of digested a message together. Um, but Luke couldn't be here tonight. We're going to pray for him in just a moment. But I'm, I'm really glad that you made it. I'm excited. I mean, I, I know I had um, a lot of, I don't know, the message really spoke to me. So I think it's perfect. I think it was a God moment, a God opportunity. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, even our kids realized it was a God moment because I must have called 10 people, like literally, and nobody could come like, wow. And the kids are like, mom, God wants you to be on the show. So, so glad you're here. We want to lift up Luke right now and just go before the Lord for our time together. Father, we thank you for this evening that you brought us to, that we get to study a little further the word that you're using Pastor Zach to bring this past Sunday. And we just ask you to prepare our hearts and our minds, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand, and to follow after your word. And we just lift up Luke right now, speak life and health, restoration into his body, and that you're working a a good work and a new work inside of him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Jen, one of the things we love to do here is just kind of ask, you know, obviously I know your role as my wife and, uh, and the mother of our children, but what you do here at the church... Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. I am here just being a support. Um, so whether it's with the pastoral team under Pastor Wally and Pastor Will, um, scheduling out the pastors to just greet people and engage um, the new people that walk in on a Sunday, um, mm-hmm. or just being a support to the admin team. I just love being here. It's just a great place to be a part of. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. And, and coming here a couple years ago, it's really been transformational for us as a family to experience the healing. And uh, one of the things that we talk about a lot in person is that we've been we've been super beneficiaries of the yielding ministry and the deliverance ministry and all the ministries that we have here at the church have been transformational in our lives. So love that. So I wanted to get into Pastor Zach's message from Sunday. I did want to say this. Um, how was ladies' night? It was amazing. It was my first ladies' night um, to attend, and I didn't... I'm not into like the foofy girly stuff, but I actually had an amazing time and I loved connecting with all the women. Um, The charcuterie competition was amazing. I have to say the candy one was... Hands down. Yes. I didn't end up voting because I was too busy, but that would have been my choice. But they all looked amazing and I know the ladies worked so hard. It was very impressive. We we were watching people work all day long to set everything up. So wait, the charcuterie was a competition? It was a competition. Wow. No wonder why the presentation was like... It It was very impressive. Wow. Did you eat any of the candy? I did not. It was (laughs) almost completely gone. I figured that would be the one that would be gone. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad to hear it was a good night. It was wonderful. And I'm glad to hear our ladies had a great time. So we'll hear more from Pastor Ashley coming up this uh, upcoming Sunday. Uh, But we want to get into the message tonight and actually say that this is now, if we're paying attention, it's May. This is now the third message. You know, if we believe that the Lord is speaking to the pastors and whoever is coming forth with the word on Sunday, this is now the third message this, this year. I don't know if anyone's picked up on this. The third message this year that's been pointing towards the return of Christ. So Pastor Zach had a message a while back. Then I felt that the Lord had put a message on my heart about the lawlessness and focusing on the lawlessness versus focusing on the Lord, which I felt like this was really hearkening back to. And it was like, wow, God, you're saying so much of the same thing. And then Pastor Zach brings in this message, and it's the beginning of seven. Seven. 
which you know Pastor Zach does not like to do series, but he got up on Sunday and said for the second time this year, he's going to do a series. So I just thought that was pretty amazing. So we have a King's Academy series, and now we're going to have a series that he's calling the seven-letter rampage. Um, and, and he brings us to Revelation chapter 1 and 2, and he begins talking about this, this church, the very first church at Ephesus. And the biggest thing that we hear about this church is that they have left their first love. And so Jesus rebukes the church, corrects the church, but before he ever does, he says, listen, I know your deeds and I know your works. I know that you can't stand the false apostles, and I know that you have tested them and you have found them to be liars. And so Zach kind of paused on this, and he talked about this area of discernment, which I was sitting there soaking this up, sitting next to you, and, and then I was just thinking about my own life, and you, this really hit you, this part. It absolutely hit me, and I told him afterwards, I, I did not know how much I needed this message, but it, it just spoke to me so much because I'm the person that will pride myself in the gift of discernment. Um, like I, I've tested it out where a lot of times I've noticed that I'm correct, um, where somebody, like I can kind of sense what they're thinking or feeling um, or like their motives. And that can get me into a lot of trouble. And so I was telling him that um, when he was talking about the difference between the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and how Adam and Eve were created and all of us were created um, with the sole purpose of knowing the Lord and just having a relationship with him. Mm. And so um, I was telling him I've always just been so completely in love with God and just wanting to pursue and desire more of his presence and somehow, and maybe just life happening, yeah. um, my focus got off of knowing him and just being in love with him. And it became focused on really people's faults and people's sin and the way that people fail me. And so I just think it's amazing because he was telling me, well, Jen, you know what's so great is that you could even be correct. Your discernment, you can, you can be correct with knowing what someone's motives are or what they're feeling or thinking. And yet, um, ignorance is bliss, basically. Yeah. <laughs> if, if our eyes are just focused on the Lord and being in his presence, then I would rather have that than just be so full of the knowledge of everyone's faults and failures that I'm actually missing God. Like focusing on the way people fail me and the wrong that's done to me has actually taken me away from my relationship with the Lord. Mm. So it... It was just like a wow moment. Yeah, it really was. And I, and I watched it hit you, and I kept thinking, okay, who else is sitting there in the congregation? And, and I was receiving it that way because I was thinking back to the last message I had the opportunity to share, and I was like, Lord, this is what you were revealing to me, that I get so focused on the lawlessness that is abounding that it's the same thing you're saying in Matthew that you're saying over here in Revelation, Jesus, that your love grows cold, mm -hmm. that you have forgotten your love. You have forgotten the first love. And I do think, do you think that that's maybe why, why Jesus says we actually have to become like little children? Because you talk a lot about how growing up, you were just so carefree. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think that's amazing because when you just said that becoming like a child, I think about the kid in the playground or at least even our kids that just, let's say Bella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bella is just so friendly. I mean, Kurt never really taught her stranger danger. <laughs> I don't believe in stranger danger unless it's really that bad. <laughs> everyone is her best friend. She's just so trusting and loves everyone and will just 
visit a playground and she'll talk to anyone and say, hey, play with me. And then at the end of it, hey, I just made a new friend, so-and-so. Like, when am I going to see you again? And we're like, it's just a random stranger. You'll, <laughs> You'll probably never see. never see them again for the rest of your life. So that's that's actually really good. I, I think that that's, that's what I was thinking about on Sunday is Pastor Zach is talking about how this discernment can actually be a hindrance to us. And I just had this image. I don't know if he said it in his message, but I had this image that we can almost like paint ourselves into a corner of isolation because we've discerned everybody out of our lives. I think that's awesome because it kind of reminds me of, of even what we were talking about on the way here that having our focus be um, the Lord and just our relationship with him and being in his presence, we're able to love the way he loves. And so when we're focused on people failing us and we kind of retreat from them, we're unable to love them because we don't have God's love in us because we're not connecting with him. We're so focused on the evil that people are doing to us. Mm. Which if we go back, you know, it can be intentional, which it's really not. It's probably ignorant. You know, had they known that they were crucifying the Lord of glory, they wouldn't have done it. And so I think it's really important. And and Pastor Zach brought up this word in his message that David Andrade had as a prophetic word years ago, and it was this perspective of God. I don't know if you remember this part of the message. And and Zach was saying that, you know, when we come to God, um, we, we might be feeling out and we can't see it's in this dark room, and we might feel the nose and somebody else might feel the eyes and the hand. And I thought that was such a beautiful word because we all see a different side of God. Isn't it interesting that the angels in heaven, we get kind of creeped out when we think about these, they have multiple eyes, they have eyes all over themselves. And I've heard it taught, whether it's true or not, but it's because as they encircle the Lord, all they can say is holy, holy, holy. From this angle, you're holy. From that angle, you're holy. And as we come together, if we allow that discernment to take the negative side, right? Oh, I see this in that person. Man, I should stay away instead of realizing that we need to make allowance for each other's faults, as the scripture says, and there might be something that I need from that person. God might have brought that person here to this church and in my life for something for me to gain from, but if I'm just painting myself into this corner of isolation because, you know, I discern something about their nature, their character, or their shortcomings, I'm going to miss out on that. And they may have a perspective on God. I feel like this has become true for us coming to HPC. What I love about this church is just the focus on soul care and the presence of the Lord, because you can't be in God's presence and just experience the the magnitude, literally, of, of His presence and just the work that's being done, whether it's through yielding or deliverance or an altar call, people um, just praying, being led by the Lord right into your situation. You can't leave that and experience that and be unchanged. You can't be so forgiven and so loved on and so not judged and then turn and walk away and go judge someone else and be critical of someone else. I've tried it. (laughs) And although it did last for a while, but in the end, um, you have to deal with your brokenness. And when you're in God's presence, he deals with your brokenness. You you just can't leave unchanged when you come to a place like this with everybody just pursuing the Lord as one people and one body. God moves, and you can't stop him from moving. You absolutely cannot. You know, if you you see yourself with this gift of discernment, you know, I, I, I have noticed, you tell me, I feel like a lot of times it's the people who have the prophetic gifting 
that recognize they have that gift of discernment. And so Jesus says right here, you know, you have tested. So you're putting character, you're putting nature, you're putting attitude and conduct to the test, and you're realizing what may be a false apostle or just some really bad character. Um, You know, do you... Do you think that there's a way to how do we curb that? For those that's really my question for you because I know you you can answer that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um I love taking spiritual gift tests and things like that. I know not everyone's a fan. Um but one of them that I took um as believers I feel like it says in the Bible that we can all operate in the prophetic. Yeah. Not that we all have the office of the prophet, right? but Correct. So I feel like I have operated in the prophetic yeah. just as a believer. And um I was reading about that gift and it, it was it was amazing what I read, and I feel like it's so true, at least in my life, um, where when you can discern things, motives and thoughts and sin, um, you can easily become critical yeah. and judgmental and <laughs> so guilty of that. Are you raising your hand? The, I am. On guilty, air? Guilty. Okay. <laughs> Um, but what's amazing it's explaining is, my whole life, babe. This is not just, I love you. Okay. <laughs> I love you too. So what this comes back to is is submitting it to God. Yeah. And if we're not submitting it to God, I feel like it becomes an idol. Yeah. It's like we've become our own God and we're going to use that gift that he gave us for evil. Mm. <laughs> and we're, we have a responsibility over the gifts to steward them well. And so that's why we need to abide in God. If we're abiding in him, then our gift is submitted to him. And I feel like that probably will save us from being sinful with it and being judgmental and being critical. Let me ask you this thought before we move on on this concept of discernment, because as I took away Sunday's message, there was so much that was coming at me. But I, sitting next to you and just knowing this whole situation, I was like, this discernment piece is where I want to spend time on the breakdown. But um, what I really wanted to bring up here as as we kind of close out this part on discernment is... um, I totally lost my train of thought. I don't remember what it was. It's but because it, I'm here. It is, it is because <laughs> you're here. I don't usually tell guests how beautiful they are, but, <laughs> but you look great. Um, so I, we'll just move on from that right now. But I, I think what I wanted to, to communicate is, you know, this is just the beginning of these seven letters that Pastor Zach's going to be bringing. And it's like, okay, if the Lord is is moving us into this place where we should be aware, you know, our first century brothers and sisters lived with the, the, the momentary feeling that Jesus could return. You know, he could return at any moment. And we've become really lulled in our time here. And we're just like, oh, yeah, we know Jesus is going to come back someday. But we don't live, honestly, like that. And coming back to Jesus saying, you know, remember, repent, and return to your first love. It is that place that you were talking about of innocence and purity where we just come back to Jesus. This is what I wanted to say. Thank you, Lord. If I have that, that gift of discernment, you know, what, I, what I've learned, tell me if you, if you agree with this, what I've learned in, in operating in that prophetic or in that discernment is to say, God, why are you showing me this about that person? What am I supposed to do? That's so good. Rather, rather than using that, because how many people do we know are so critical, are so judgmental? And I often wonder sometimes, God, where does that critical spirit come from? Where does that judgmental attitude come from? Could it be that they're so good at discerning motive and nature and character that they have gone to the further extent? And, they've, and just because you see it doesn't mean you're supposed to call it out. Maybe it means you need to pray over that person. That's kind of where I land sometimes. I think that's awesome. And I think the other thing is that even if you can operate in the gift of discernment, it actually 
doesn't mean that you're always right. <laughs> I actually don't know what people are thinking. And yet I that's the thing where it's like I put I, I can pride myself in it like, oh, I got this. I have enough experience with this, but I actually don't know. I'm not some superhuman person. I have no idea what people are thinking. I don't know their motives. I might get it, you know, a little close. God might supernaturally reveal something to me. Um, But I think we have to keep that on our focus. Yeah, how many times do we think we know what somebody's thinking and their we motive, no and then we, we, con- we confront or we talk and we realize, wow, I was way off. Way off. And it teaches us to walk in grace with one another. It does. You know, And I just want to read this passage here, because this is what Jesus says. He said, listen, I know your works. And he's not, he's not rebuking them for their works. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who do evil. This is where this discernment piece comes in. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered, and you have patience, and you have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. There's a lot that's in that. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Repent, therefore, from where you have fallen, or remember from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. And I was just thinking about this this idea of remembering the first love, whether you want to equate it to, you know, when, when your first child was born and you, you remember that feeling that you had or when you got married and you remember that feeling that you have and what that did. It changed your whole world. And Jesus is saying, remember when I came into your life and I transformed you. Do you remember what it was like when you just, you know, we grew up in the church, mm-hmm. but having that super revelation of like, I'm saved, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when I was a teenager, so I did grow up in the church. I've always just been so in love with him. I went to a super Pentecostal church. And so um, I was exposed to so much spiritual activity, the good and the bad growing up. So I've had like a real good foundation, a real good understanding of, you know, the Lord and being a believer. And yet it wasn't until I was a teenager that it actually became a personal, you know, faith for me where I was, I had a burden for the lost and for um, the teenagers that I was going to high school with. And so I, I told Kurt, it would drive me crazy even just walking home from school because it was like every car that drove by me, every house that I walked by, I would have the burden to pray for the people. Mm. I mean, it would be like driving me crazy, like, oh God, no, no, I'm not going to pay attention. Like, la, 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 la. But it was just so heavy on me, that that love that God has for the lost and for the world. Yeah. And I know for me, this message was striking a chord because as I was talking about, you know, going through that situation at Cumberland Farms myself and realizing, wow, I, I'm really, I'm not just having a bad day. Like I'm letting my love grow cold. And Jesus is calling us back to remember from where we have fallen. In other words, remember that place. Remember where we started together. And, you know, again, thinking about the relationships in your life, sometimes you have to go back to remember where you started and foster that love and cultivate that love again. Mm-hmm. What was your, what was the topic? What was the theme of Ladies' Night? Oh, cultivate kindness. Cultivate kindness. So good. You know, we can be bitter. We can be angry. We can be nitpicking of one another. We can be critical, mm-hmm. but we can also cultivate kindness. And, I really find this interesting and beautiful that Jesus is calling us back to this place of the first love. And I just want to ask, Jen, what do you think we do? How, how do we come back to that place 
where we're, we're falling in love with Jesus all over again? Because it's so crazy in the world right now. That's a tough one. <laughs> I, I honestly feel like it comes down to just speaking with him, just being in communion with him, like prayer, reading the Bible, but not just not me early in the morning, half asleep. <laughs> what Kurt calls speed reading the Bible where I'm like, okay, if I finish this chapter fast enough, I actually can get another 30 minutes of sleep. So um, not doing that. But like, I think in the moments where life is happening or where you just have a quiet time to just remember that we have a, a God who loves us. He's our father and he's with us. His Holy Spirit is inside of us, and he has something fresh, new revelation, insight into issues that we're dealing with every single day, every single moment. And so just, I don't know, just a reminder of that, to tap into that instead of being so caught up with the noise and the busyness of everyday life. I feel like when you do that consistently, because yes. we saw this when we yes. did our month-long, um, like in January, a fast, doing it consistently till it was a habit it made all the difference in our relationships, yep. in our ministry, in our children, in our marriage. I really feel like it's so basic and it, it might seem too simple, but if you consistently keep with that, we just saw God do amazing things. Yeah, and even like you said on the daily basis, um, so much of what we've learned from Linda and others who teach on yielding mm -hmm. is like to live a yielded life mm -hmm. and to be able to say when something comes, hey, it may, it may upset me. Let, let's not act like it doesn't. I may get upset. And there is a difference between getting upset, getting frustrated, getting angry, and being offended. Offended is a choice. Being offended is I'm choosing to hold on to this. But getting upset, being angry in the moment and realizing like this hurts, hey, it's that process that's going to keep us from getting offended, becoming unforgiving, and therefore bitter. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important, like you're saying, to do it not just um, you know regularly, but but daily. Like if something comes up in the workplace, if something comes up at church. And I, I was talking with somebody today, and it's like I we were doing the soul study today. Oh, right. And and they were saying I just expected that people who know Christ are going to be different. Hmm. And we walk around with that expectation sometimes, but we're the same humans. We're all in process. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> I think what's awesome because I've I've had a lot of confrontation um, the past couple of years, and I've thought the worst of probably everybody, and um, I've had to come to the end of myself and be corrected, whether it's by the Lord or a brother or sister. And what I've realized now is that there's always the opportunity to see the worst in someone. There's always the opportunity to think that, oh, I, I know what they're doing here and I'm going to beat them to it, you know? And what I'm learning through this process is that if I just love mm. and if I just think the best, which for you comes really easily. I feel like that's how you operate on the daily. Um, but I don't know if it's me, easy. I think I've just grown into it. Yeah. For me, it's very new. I, I always want justice and mm. it's just not God's way. God God says that vengeance is his, yes, right? Yes, Absolutely. And um, so I think just loving the way that God loves and seeing people the way he sees them is is the key to that. That's so good. You bring up that that point that I want to segue into as we as we come to the close. It's hard to believe we're coming to that closing part. But in our final moments together, looking at love and truth. And Luke and I were having this dialogue and Pastor Zach brought up some hot button issues on Sunday. You know, this issue of sexuality, the time that we're living in with 
transgender and all these different things. And, and some people are just afraid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and we have churches. I know I've been saying this for about 10 years now. I personally started praying as a, as a representative of our generation saying, God, what are we going to do as a church to answer this call? Mm-hmm. And you bring up a great point, whether it's just choosing to see the best in somebody um, because of an argument or a disagreement or judging their motive to this issue of sexuality, homosexuality, transgender, whatever it may be, and seeing that, yeah, there is a truth. There's a way that we've been made. We've been grafted and handcrafted in the image of God, and he has made them both male and female. But does it work when we go out and, and Bible thump and beat somebody over the head? And did Jesus go out and make everybody turn around before he brought them the truth? And the Lord brought me back to John chapter 4 and the woman at the well. Jesus did in those moments. He he communicated a love and a truth at the same time. So there's no formula here, but there has to be a way to do it. There has to be a way to communicate the love of God. And that's why I feel like this church is so interesting because, you know, in our Bibles today, we have titled this the loveless church because they've missed it. They're so focused. They've got all the good works and they're like, that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong. This kind of sounds like a lot of us today. (laughs) (laughs) But where's the love? And then we can get to the flip side where it's like, love is love. We see that now and there's no truth to it. So just coming to that place where, again, I would say there's no formula. There is no formula, but this is why we have the Holy Spirit and we are to be led of the Holy Spirit. I agree because I think I think the foundation is love, mm. but even that love has to be submitted to the Lord and truly be His love. It has to be that supernatural God love, yeah. Or else it can be perverted. Yeah, it could be twisted, and so I think just surrendering and submitting that to to God. Absolutely, and and then when you encounter a situation, you know, I I don't think there's any surprise or or like. I think the writers of our Gospels were intentional in saying, today Jesus healed the blind man with mud. Tomorrow he healed the blind, or the other day he healed the blind man like this. Yeah, one time he spat and put his hand on the person's tongue and his tongue was loose. I think that love and truth is going to be different. Not truth. Let me say truth is absolute. Mm -hmm. But the way we're communicating the love of the Father is going to be different in every situation. And that, again, is why I'm saying we have to be led of the Spirit. Let me just repeat and reiterate. Love, you know, truth is absolute, Mm -hmm. but the way it's communicated by love can be different in different seasons and times. I agree. Yeah, you agree. And that's it. I concur. concur. Well, listen, let's close out with some practical steps to regaining that love, coming back to the first love. You hit on a couple of things earlier, but so would you just say like practically, if we're looking at ourselves, because Pastor Zach said in these seven churches that we're going to cover is the DNA for every church that ever exists, right? Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really phenomenal point that Jesus doesn't need to address every single church, the church, his Providence church, Mm -hmm. and this church down the street and the church in Fall River and Seekonk. No, he just needs to give us these because they're the archetype of all the things that will come up in church. They have the DNA. Mm -hmm. So if we look at that personally, we just come back to, okay, what do I do, Lord, to come back to that first love? And maybe to maybe something you could do this week is to kind of stoke that fire. You know, we just had an opportunity to celebrate 15 years married, and we were thinking through the times that we've had together. And life is, you know, life is tough. It's challenging in a lot of different seasons. 
And when we walk with Jesus, it's the same way. So maybe just, he says, he starts by saying, remember from where you have fallen. I think another um, practical thing. So for me, I'm, I'm super, like, I can be very heady, yeah. analytical. Um, so in just interacting with other believers or unbelievers, um, I will typically, like, analyze, like, okay, how was the conversation? What was I feeling? Wh- whatever. What did they say? And usually I'll go to the worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. And I think the key of, like, what I said earlier, I think thinking the best of each other is probably a good practical thing to take home with you. That's so good. Always choose the best. It's so good. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, when we first got married, Pastor Joseph handed me that, and he said, this needs to become committed to memory, not mm. just for memory's sake. And part of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 in the Amplified Bible says, love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Amen. And I think we see that in Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's the hope and that's the desire. So, you know, it's going to take us a while to get there. We're in process. <laughs> it's harder for others. It's harder for some than others, right? I don't think, I think it's probably hard for all of us. It's just, you know. Some pra- people make it look good. Some people just practice more, maybe. <laughs> I love how vulnerable and open you are. It's so great. That's awesome. Well, hey, listen, we will uh, be back next week with Luke. But Jen, would you would you pray us out today? Oh, sure. <sighs> Father God, I just thank you so much for this time. I thank you for um, just the insight, Lord, into what you're speaking to us as your church, Father God, um, as his providence and even just as the church at large. I just thank you for teaching us, Father God. in the day-to-day, how we can choose to love others the way that you love, how we can choose to see others the way that you see them, Mm -hmm. and how we can submit and surrender to you, Lord, um, the gifts that you've given us, Father, and um, just draw us closer to you, Lord, to come back to our first love and and just free us from distractions that the enemy tries um, to pull us away from you and from your people that you love, our brothers and sisters in Christ and even the world. Um, so I just pray, Lord, that you would just continue to reveal, reveal um, your truth and your goodness to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jen, I'm so glad you joined us tonight. It's so great to have you here. All right, I'm Kurt. And I'm Jen. <laughs> <laughs> and that was The Breakdown. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.